When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Friday, August 26th, and this is People Every Day. Welcome to Friday, everyone. Janine Rubenstein here, and I hope you are ready to face the music. We have a very heavy New Music Friday show for you today, including some new songs to add to that summer playlist, or whatever we have left of summer, deep sigh. And we have an up-close and personal interview with a reigning king of R&B, Usher, I sit down with the legendary singer to discuss his career, that meme moment from his epic Tiny Desk performance, and why now is the perfect time for him to have a residency in Vegas, which I have to add, I am going to see tomorrow night. I am just so excited for all things Usher, but first, let's get to some of that other music news. The Princess of Pop is back, and this time she's teaming up with The Rocket Man, the long-awaited collaboration between Britney Spears and Elton John titled Hold Me Closer is finally here. This song marks Britney's first return to music since her 13-year-long conservatorship ended last November. Fans will recognize that the song combines the chorus of Elton's 1972 smash hit, Tiny Dancer, and verses of his 1992 hit single, The One, with, of course, some funky dance beats. Sir Elton John told The Guardian that he was, quote, so excited to work on the song with Britney, adding, if it is a big hit, and I think it may be, it will give her so much more confidence than she's got already, and she will realize that people actually love her and care for her and want her to be happy. Ah, I love the support. I love the song. And I love that Britney is back on the music scene. Skipping to the next music story, someone's got Another one. (laughs) DJ Khaled dropped his 13th studio album today. The album is called God Did and is a follow-up to his 2021 album, Khaled Khaled. Khaled is never one to shy away from promotion, self-promotion that is, and praised the album on social media saying, it's quote, the holy scripture. This is a gift to the world. This is a gift to the fans. This is a gift for us. God did. (laughs) This 18-track album features the biggest names in hip-hop like Jay-Z, Yay, Eminem, and Quavo, and includes some collaborations with R&B stars SZA and John Legend. The last track on the album, Grateful, features Vori. Either win with us or watch us win. That's why I'm grateful for anything and everything. That's why I'm grateful for anything and everything. All of them grateful for anything and everything. Khaled is nothing if not the king of collaborations. His first single off the album hit hard with Drake and Lil Baby by his side on Stan Alive. And I have to tell you, when my little baby, Raimi, heard that song, she said, I like that song. <laughs> and yesterday, he released Big Time with Future and Lil Baby. We don't talk about nothing. I don't gotta switch lines. It didn't take that long and it's money up in real time. I mean, I know we've only got a few days left, but this could still be the hip-hop event of the summer. Bless up indeed, DJ Khaled. And now... Watch this. That's right. Watch this. (laughs) We've got our sit-down interview with Usher that you absolutely do not want to miss. 
has been 25 years since a teen artist named Usher dropped the earworm, You Make Me Wanna, that quickly climbed to number one on the Billboard music charts and later went platinum. The rest, as we know, is music history, present, and future. The R&B superstar has kept the hits coming nonstop from critically acclaimed albums like 8701, Be Still My Heart, and Confessions. Just when I thought I said all I can say, my chick on the side says she got one on the way, so my to hit singles like You Remind Me, I Need a Girl, and There Goes My Baby. The man's catalog goes on and on, and I have his latest bop, Good Love, featuring rap duo The City Girls on repeat. We all just watched him prove he's as good, if not better than ever before, with his viral Tiny Desk performance, and he's taken Las Vegas by storm with his hottest ticket in town residency at Dolby Live at Park MGM. I've got my tickets to check it out this weekend, and I've got the man himself on with me now to discuss that and more. So I'm going to put it like this. U-S-H-E-R-R-A-Y-M-O-N-D is here with me now. Hey, Usher, welcome to the show. And how you doing? I am good. I'm so good. You have been very, very busy these days. And on Monday, you announced that more dates have been added to your Vegas residency for the 2023 season. Congratulations on that. I'm so excited for this weekend because I'm going to see it in person. But what is it about playing Vegas for you? What do you love personally and professionally about that space? Well, I mean, one, having an audience come to you is always great. I love the fact that I've been able to, you know, really celebrate all of the years of my music and and see a very mixed, eclectic crowd of people. But I think more than anything, the fact that it fits my lifestyle, I've been able to still focus on the things that I love, that are creative, that are kind of ancillary to what I do in music, rather it's, you know, in film or rather in production or working with other artists and still have family time, but yet still do what I love, which is perform and be in front of an audience. It also too gives me an opportunity to incubate new ideas creatively. When I, you know, deal with this place gives me a space to be able to explore and just be creative. Now that's what you love about Vegas. Um, What do you steer clear of in Vegas? Doing everything in Vegas. Unfortunately, (laughs) I must say that it it does accommodate all of the lifestyle of who I am <laughs> and what I enjoy. Rather, it's sitting at the crap table or paying a little blackjack, going out to the club a little bit and eating some good food. It's hot as hell out here. That That's the one thing that I've had to get used to. <laughs> it's extremely dry. And for a singer, it's like you're literally living in hell. Yeah, it's that hot in the summertime. A little partaking, but then having the lemon and honey and all that on the side to make sure you're taking care of it. I like it. (laughs) Hey, you better know it. That's what we do, right? (laughs) Well, I can still remember when I first heard You Make Me Wanna and and the rest of your My Way album in 1997. So... Let's, let's travel back in time. Take me back then and back into the mindset of when that song popped off the way that it did and what that whirlwind was like for you. I had really tried my best to be the best artist for LaFace Records. There was this idea and notion that I would be this kind of New Yorker and young kind of apprentice to what, you know, Sean Puffy Combs was creating with my first album. It was a great part of me. And there was some records that came out of that. But when I began to move into the next chapter of my life, which was my way, I wanted to do things my way. I wanted to experiment with music and use the hues that had inspired me 
And Jermaine Dupree really understood how to get into my head, find out what subjects I would talk about. And the way I was living, he just paid attention to it. And one of those Mm. topics were, you make me want to leave the one I'm with. It was a conversation that obviously was a bit toxic, but it was real. And I think nothing had ever been heard like that beat. When I heard the beat for the first time, because J.D. Hill worked all night around the clock. I lived with him when making the album. He came over this beat and we didn't write to it for about, man, damn near two weeks. But we just listened to this track. It was a matter of just overhearing some conversations that I was having. And then it came to life. And that entire album was based on that, you know, 25 years ago. But all of those songs, they were defining, especially for someone my age and really people getting to know me for the first time. I was introducing myself for the first time when I said they called me U-S-H-E-R-R-A-Y-M-O-N-D at seven o'clock on the dot. I was in my drop top. You know what I'm saying? It was like, (laughs) this is what my world looks like. So tell me, do you remember what you're 15 at the time? What was your first splurge? Do you remember something that you were like, I got to have it? I'm getting it. I that you would ask this question because my reality was a bit different. Mm. I signed my contract at a very young age. I wasn't rich, but for what I had had access to, it seemed like I had a ton of money and they signed me for a smaller amount of money. Mm-hmm. And I splurged on like tennis shoes. I think I was 13 or 14. Tennis shoes was like the only thing that I could imagine that I would want a lot of. I didn't know about jewelry. That wasn't a major thing. Clothing. Yeah. I didn't really know anything about that other than cross colors and like high tech boots and, and stuff like that. <laughs> right. It wasn't until after I didn't have the success that I wanted to have for my first album, which then put me in a go mode. It put me in a mode to not spend any money. Mm. My first album, I didn't spend any money. Matter of fact, I'll be honest with you. My first album, I didn't have any money. My second album, I didn't have any money. And I just had, you know, the wheels to work. So I went on the road. We traveled all around the United States and we, you know, we played nightclubs, we played malls. I mean, in any way that they would have a show, I was willing to go and introduce myself for the first time. And this time I had a record that people wanted to hear. So it started. I started to make some money. But by that time, I had locked into a mode that was like, I ain't spending none of my money. I need to take care of my family. I need to build my bag. I need to figure out how to save, 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 save. I didn't finally spend money until confessions. I literally Mm. didn't spend any money. I just had an account and I just put money in that account. I kept putting money in that account. I kept putting money in that account. It was like a focus mode. I was in like, I ain't buying no clothes and I'll wear the same clothes every day as long as they clean. You know what I'm saying? And, And then when I finally got to confessions, I went out and I bought a Porsche GT Carrera which I talk about that, you know, pull off beep beep shotgun in a GT. That was real. You know what I'm saying? I literally wrote that lyric after buying that car. (laughs) It just so happened that maybe by the grace of God that I didn't have success, it put me in a mode of saving. I was methodical. I was like, I was like, yo, let me figure out how to make smart moves and not just blow money. Yeah. Because, you know, that's a different story now. Now I'm just spending money that don't make any sense, but I'm spending it all for my show. I'm like, whatever y'all want, whatever they need to see, I'm going to give them all the lights. I need as many dancers as I can get on the stage, as many <laughs> band members. Do not go anywhere, you guys. We are taking a quick break and then we continue our interview with Usher where he opens up about becoming a girl dad and finally sets the record straight on the Usher versus Usher debate. <laughs> Stay with us. 
Hey, everyone. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and, of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Let's fast forward to now because I'm loving good love featuring the city girls. I just, I want to know how did that come about getting them to hop on the track, but also just your ability to keep your finger on the pulse. What's that je ne sais quoi? Like, <laughs> I need to know. Being able to continue to evolve with time and be clear who has conversation and obviously an audience to talk to. I didn't ask them to be on the track. They asked me to be on the track. And it's based off of a relationship that was between me and Carisha. She has always shown up for me as I've been working on a record, she always came to the studio. She never questioned it. She'd say, she'd say, send me the record. And then she would go to work on it. If I asked her to pull up in Miami, if I'm working, she'd come and she'd lay down, whatever it is that I thought. So she reached out to me and she was like, yo, Ush, I got something that I think that you would really love. You know, would you get on it? And without question, I jumped on it. Like, hell yeah. Well, I got to go to the moment that was before this moment. You've expanded the tour and everyone's talking about the tour, but... The Tiny Desk concert was almost two months ago, and fans are still talking. Situations. Come on, y'all. We look right. Hey. In the but you gotta be smart about it. Just from people just going over your falsetto and trying to mimic it to the watch this memes. What was the best part of that experience for you? Take me behind the scenes of doing it. And I love how authentic you have to be on Tiny Desk. You know, the glitz and the glam is really in your ability to rock with a band. We can hide behind TV tracks, and I never have. So when my creative director brought it to my attention, like, yo, I think we're going to be in D.C. doing something in the water for Pharrell. Let's go and do Tiny Desk. I give, you know, this credit to an incredible mind, Akamon Jones. He was like, yo, I think that this is the kind of profile that people would really celebrate. And it shows that you are staying connected to where we are. I'm a performer. I'm an artist who loves to sing. I'm an artist who loves these songs that I've sang. And even if we play them a little bit different, they still have some classic nature to them. And that's why people love it. Mm -hmm. Even though those songs were done almost 15 years ago, they still are classic. And they're like classic R&B records that are like in the middle of the road. They're not to old school R&B, there's something new and they got a bounce and an energy to them. Mm -hmm. So then that's why I became memeable. What did you say when your manager first texted you like, the memes are coming, just watch them? <laughs> like, what when did he, you say? He was like, yo, watch this. <laughs> now, um, I didn't plan for it. And I think that that's what becomes memeable, things that are yep. a part of life that people have yeah. fun. It's like life is an elevator pitch at this point. And if you mm. can keep people's attention for 15 seconds, it's just like meeting a woman for the first time. You got 15 seconds to be able to say something that's going to make her pay attention. So the industry has become yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? I think R&B specifically has always been able to help tell stories of love, life, yeah. experience. 
and something that people can all share together. Well, okay, let, let, let's shift gears really quickly because I, I want to talk about something that I also want to congratulate you on. Uh, girl Dad, finally, right? We, we, have, we have baby girl. How are you doing? How is fatherhood? How are you feeling? Man, I'm loving it. And she she's an addition to an incredible journey that I've had with Usher and the feed of Sovereign and then my newest son, Sire. I'm really happy. But my girl is is de- is definitely a win for me and, and a reason to stop. <laughs> Once you got a boy and a girl, you can chill. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I've been trying for some time and, and finally got that little girl. Oh, I, are you busier than ever? I have two. And so I'm trying to imagine more than that. And it's always hard for me to. <laughs> That's part of the the reason that this Vegas residency has been so great, because I still get that opportunity to enjoy my life and be able to not miss those incredible moments that I'll never be able to get back with my babies, but still do what I love and still keep the vibe and stay connected to something that, that makes me excited about doing it. When it becomes regimented and it's almost like a job, you don't want to do it. So yeah. being able to do the show, go out to the club, wake up the next morning, have time with the babies, find out what's going on with school. And on my time off when I'm not performing, I'm back home. I'm, I'm back home. I still manage to take my kids to school every morning and get them up and cook breakfast for them. And all of that stuff to me makes it human. They say things and do things that will completely make you laugh. Even when you like, yeah, I'm dealing with this hard knucklehead kid right now. It's like, <laughs> you ain't going to get those moments back. You don't get those moments back to be able to not only curate incredible people and help them become great individuals, but then yeah. also to just share the, the beauty of life. Oh my goodness. There's a quick couple of questions that came from my friends when I told them I was doing this. One, why is your hairline so perfect all the time? It has always been and will always be. <laughs> who Who is in charge of this hairline? <laughs> I got an incredible team around me and, and, and my barber, she definitely does a great job because I've changed my hair up a, a, a couple of times. All of the people that I've worked with throughout the years to create these different hairstyles, and certain times it wasn't just about the song I was putting out. Maybe it was the Usher cut. You know what I'm saying? And always trying to create these other things for people to enjoy. So now I got my low, my waves is is banging. I got an ocean going on over Mm -hmm. here. And that hairline (laughs) is definitely on point because my barber, she does an amazing job. Brandy. Brandy the barber. Okay, that that was one. And the other one was, what do you make of all of the will he ever do versus talk? Why are you here? I don't even understand why people are asking me that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think if you ever came to my show, you would understand that I don't even think a, a versus could handle all of the songs that I have, to be honest. I don't think so, so either. It's like I could do it by myself, maybe, you know what I'm saying? But I don't want to do that. That's not the purpose of versus me versus me. No, right? It's great to celebrate music. Yeah. But I think, hey, the appreciation of it starts with understanding, you know, what it is and how long it's taken to build this legacy. You know, would I choose if Michael Jackson was alive and Prince was alive to put Michael and Prince on the stage together? No, no. You know, I'm a different animal, man. I'm cut from a way different cloth. And when you put those songs on, I'm telling you, I don't think anybody in the world would want smoke with them songs. This has been my answer for you, just so you know. Uh, (laughs) I think I think you got to live a little longer. You got to work a little harder. I've been here too long, man. (laughs) (laughs) This is the last one, though, and you kind of hinted at it, saying I would go against myself. Usher or Usher? Because I have friends that say, it's Usher. I said, it's Usher. (laughs) I mean, I would say Usher. And and honestly, 
Yeah, I, I would say Usher. If anything, Usher is is the base of of it all. Usher, <laughs> it's cool. You know what I'm saying? You know, I could be sophisticated but completely ratchet at the same time. That's why I could be Usher, 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 Usher. Thank you so so much for taking the time. This has been such a blessing. I'm so excited. This weekend is going to be everything, especially because I have all of this beautiful information to go into it and watch your performance. So thank you so much. It's my. It's been my pleasure to talk to you. And I feel like I'm at a new chapter and doing thing doing things my way once again. Yeah. Las Vegas has been an amazing place and an opportunity for me to to do things in a different way that I've seen them and remind people of what it is when I do things my way. Uh, I have had so much fun just living in the music today. And our last story features a rap from, let's say, an unlikely artist. Ben and Jen said I do, Pete and Kim said we're through, the Feds showed up on Trump's front lawn, Pelosi summoned in Taiwan, Boris stepped down in disgrace, we were loving pigs from space, the Warriors MVP was Steph, the bear got us to yell, yes chef, Top Gun Maverick was all the rage, our boy Tom Cruise, he just don't age. That recap rapper is none other than James Corden. The Late Late Show host took a bit of a summer break and in a very We Didn't Start the Fire-esque rap, <laughs> recapped everything that's happened this summer. We watched the trial of Death and Herb and learned about a giant turd. There were big delays on shipping freight. The Dodgers lost an all-time great. Vogue's cover model was Serena. She's playing in a new arena. Colorado won it all. England crushed Euro football. Now, you call it soccer here, but it's not. It's football. I mean, you guys have to watch the whole thing for yourself. He just absolutely crushes this two-and-a-half-minute rap, and it's just so well done and something to make you smile. into midterm elections with Daddy Kornacki making projections. The kids are heading back to school. Everybody, out of the pool! It always feels like a bit of a bummer when we bid farewell to summer but there's lots about the fall that's nice sweater cider pumpkin spice enjoy it now do your best living because before you know it it'll be thanksgiving i hope you all have an amazing weekend i will see you back here on monday for a brand new week of people every day people every day is produced by chrissy lindquist tony mantia Amy Machado, Madison Lesby, with help from Patrick Vermillion and the great team at Pod People. People's producers are me, Janine Rubenstein, and Charlotte Triggs, with help from Eliza Sessler and Fallon Harge. Edited by Morgan Foos, Carter Wogan, and Michael Aquino. And executive produced by David Flumenbaum and Zoe Ruderman.